Happy New Year, and welcome to Sophia's Choice, the Golden Girls podcast, our first episode for 2021. God willing, a better year than 2020 <laughs> was. Uh, now, for us, we're still finishing out the uh, year of 2020, but you aren't hearing this until uh, 2021 is officially kicked in. Ass- assuming our listeners have adopted the Gregorian calendar. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Those who have not may be waiting till February for the year of the oxen to start. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Looking at our listenership, I'd say most of them are pretty squarely within the Gregorian. <laughs> but uh, I could be wrong, and you never know. We may get a boom here in the next couple weeks from regions unknown. I just know from your position of white privilege, you just assume it. <laughs> They're all using the same calendar as you. Now you bring up the Gregorian calendar. Yeah. Uh, I am I am curious, what is the difference with the Julian calendar? Julian had 10 months. Okay. Gregorian yeah. has 12. Yep. Makes That's, more sense, honestly. Like, yeah. I, our, our systems of measurement none of them make a lot of sense mm-hmm. i mean granted the the length of a day makes sense yeah like the actual length but the way that we break it down yeah makes no sense at all the way we break down our year makes no sense at all yeah. uh, just the lengths of the day and the year yeah. both make perfect sense but everything else is so mm-hmm. arbitrary yeah and so like so like july and august came from julius caesar and augustus caesar mm-hmm. but then that's what pushed october you know, oct like eight mm-hmm. from the eighth month to the to tenth. tenth month. Yeah. Yep. I was actually gonna bring that up. You were yeah. ahead of me. So. That one, that Brent, he's pretty sharp. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Brent's a smart guy he's for sure. A sharp, sharp guy. Yeah. Both of you guys are significantly more intelligent than I am. Nope. But nope. you have the mad editing skills to make these podcasts <laughs> oh, yeah. for you to shine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just gonna say that you guys are both significantly smarter than I am, but. um yeah, through the good luck of a bad accident, I'm more financially set. <laughs> good luck indeed, yes. <laughs> you know, all things considered, I'd say it was good luck. Um, I'm, I'm completely healthy. I, I do so. thank the Lord that you're, you know, as good as you ever were. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a compliment. <laughs> I mean, no, the- no better, but <laughs> no worse. Like a well-wisher? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't wish me any specific harm. Yeah. Yeah. The Lord smiles on two people, you and Moe's. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's good company yeah. <laughs> so, anyways but yes today uh we are kicking off 2021 with a uh, season two episode 22 diamond in the rough and it'll be our standard format ski doing our recap uh, as well as our mvps and uh rating out of eight slices of cheesecake as we keep working towards that uh, best episode of the entire series so with that i will go ahead and turn it over to you ski to kick us off with our recap all right. Well, it sounds like Brent has taken that. He's uh, got something. Yeah. I just wanted you to say my name because we didn't do introductions. Oh, yes, not? Oh, uh, wow. First time well, listeners are confused. Yeah, I know. Well, Traditional I for, format, my foot. Exactly. Uh, for the, Man takes a week off from hosting and forgets his duties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I was kind of thinking kicking off 2021 that, oh. you know, and, maybe. It's anonymously. If you don't know me by now, you'll never, ever, ever know me. So, uh, yes. Well, I am Alan and joined by up, Brent. Did you just bring up know me? What's that? No, I did not. But, uh, it's knew me. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Boy, 2021 is off to a rough start. Um, so. we get any viewer mail? Uh, no, nothing new recently. But uh, okay. I'll keep an, keep an eye out for it. And, of course, if anybody does want to send some messages our way, uh, like knew me and Sherry have, um, by all means, we certainly welcome them. What Sherry say? Well, nothing recently. I just mean that no. over the course of time. <laughs> I told Nikki so. she should also comment. Yeah, everybody just, should comment. Just for yeah. extras. Yeah, we would certainly enjoy it. and uh, gives us something more to talk about than uh, 
just the show, which maybe maybe <laughs> you prefer us not to talk about anything but the show and get honestly though, I'd say at this point, if you are listening regularly and you're irritated that we don't talk more exclusively about the show, mm-hmm. then there's probably other podcasts out there that would fit your needs more. <laughs> so, I'd say our best stuff M- is missing not the show point related. of the day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just, just let us know what your Golden Girls adjacent topics of interest oh, are. Oh, yeah, we would absolutely be happy exactly. to talk about it. If you're like, oh, I'd really like to know your thoughts on you Tulsa, know. Oklahoma. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll certainly give it our best shot. Our, our thoughts may be limited, but <laughs> we'll do our best to, to provide them exactly. nonetheless. So. We can do a Tulsa special. Exactly. <laughs> Talking to you, Tulsa is my idol. <laughs> we, we may stumble on like five or six really cool you know, connections from the Golden Girls to Tulsa, yeah, or, or the Greater Oklahoma you know, <laughs> right. <The> area. Yeah. <laughs> so, and in case uh, I didn't already introduce him specifically, that is Ski, and <laughs> Hello. Ski will be kicking off our recap. Did you introduce Brent? Yes, I did. Okay. I, I started, and then we got on another tangent, as is the huge. And, uh, <laughs> so then I didn't get around to finishing that already missed introduction. So, yeah. well, all right. So as he said, we are season two, episode twenty-two. The uh, title, if we didn't already say this, Diamond in the Rough. Uh, the original air date was March 21st, 1987. It was uh, written by Jan Fisher and William, I think it's Widener, Widener or Widener, and How's directed by Terry Hughes. Say it again. How's it spelled? W-E-I-D-N-E-R. <laughs> so I think either one may be appropriate, yeah. but it probably is. depends on where, they're, where, yeah. the, where the last name's from. I took a cue from Mr. Brent. Oh, yeah? And I looked up. Uh, some stuff online for some fun fun events nice. that took place on March 21st throughout the years. Okay. I've got them on my phone here. So in 1940, uh, the Queen Mary Ocean Liner is leaving the safe harbor of New York together with uh, the Mauritania, or Mauritania mm-hmm. for the first time since the war started. I'm assuming it doesn't even say which one. <laughs> well, I'll the go year, out on the limits. The year says it. Sorry, I'm being dumb. <laughs> World War One, yes? No, World War Two. The, the first one was in the 20s, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wrapped up in the 20s, yeah. yeah. 1963, uh, Alcatraz closes. Oh. On the 21st of March. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1960, uh, there was the South Africa. Sharpville Massacre. And, uh, and that happened uh, in 1960. Uh, the Afrikaner police opened fire on a group of unarmed black South African demonstrators. <laughs> Sounds like the Boston Massacre. Probably not the same. <laughs> uh, what was the Boston Massacre? The only one I know is like the bombing. So the Boston Massacre? Oh, sorry. Mass- no. The Boston Massacre? Isn't that what it's called? I don't know. I mean, it sounds familiar. Uh, Isn't that what started uh, the Revolutionary War to a degree? Boston Tea Party? No. That was part of it. I didn't know there was a massacre involved. It wasn't really a massacre, though. It was, <laughs> <laughs> well, so it was it was an overphrasing. That was the ter- that was the name of it, the the event. Oh, okay. And yeah. like only a few people got killed, uh-huh. but because of the outrage of the uh, colonists, uh-huh. they blew it up to the extent that it was not really. Mm. Yeah, so it was a confrontation on March 5th, 1770, in which British soldiers, soldiers shot and killed several people while being harassed by a mob in Boston. Okay. The event was heavily publicized by leading patriots such as Paul Revere and Samuel Adams. 
And yeah, mm-hmm. it definitely was. You really had me worried that I was going crazy. Yeah, I've never <laughs> I was heard like, of this in my life. I, I the na- the term Boston Massacre certainly sounded familiar to me. Yeah, it's no. it's a misnomer to a degree, but it was it was overly yeah. popularized because it was it was really one of those instances where the frustration of the colonists uh, boiled over. And I think actually, I'm watching uh, the reason it was kind of fresh in my mind <laughs> is because I'm watching a little series about uh, John Adams on okay. HBO. It came out in like twenty. 12 or something, okay. I think. Is it the one with Paul Giamatti? Yes. Okay. Have you seen it? No, I've heard it's, it's really good. I've only gone through the first two episodes yeah. uh, before this week started, and it's it's really good so far. I've heard it's good. You should watch it if you get a second or a chance to. It's like seven-part series or something. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Cool. I don't know that. But anyway, same thing where they fired into a crowd. That's the that's the connection I was going for. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Live and learn. Uh, 1928 uh, in the United States. Charles Lindbergh is presented with a Congressional Medal of Honor. Oh. This thing goes on for a long time. He was an I've, anti-Semite. I, I've heard that, yeah. And his, his son was kidnapped, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think Sophia claimed to be the Lindbergh baby once. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I think she did mention it, yeah. <laughs> Even though, like, she would, Lindbergh baby was... What, 1932 or something like something that? Something like that. So she would have been in her mid 30s. <laughs> right. <or something>. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, but, oh, go ahead. Anything you can do to get a little pub, though. Yeah. I can't believe exactly. <laughs> it's. I didn't realize this date corresponded in 1965. It was the day that uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Oh. led uh, 3,000 civil rights demonstrators on a march in Alabama cool. from Selma to Montgomery. Nice. And like I said, it goes on and on. Those are kind of the cooler ones that are at the top. I'm a, I don't know if it goes all. Looks like it's uh, in uh, order of date. I'm trying to see if there's anything really cool. 2008, Pelosi asked China for an investigation into China. Hmm. Hmm. No, no, sorry. <laughs> That's a, Pelosi asks for an investigation into China. I think it'd be much better if she had asked China to investigate themselves. Yeah. But, oh well. In the spirit of the Chinese fire drill, please <laughs> investigate yourself. <laughs> I'm going to cut it off there and get to the uh, recap, though. Yeah, cool. Unless you guys demand that I continue. No. It's your show. I mean, I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're good. So we opened You just hate learning. <laughs> <laughs> well, when my facts were coming off poorly anyway, <laughs> how well, much do we really learn? Well, and it's not just the, the learning. It's the also sounding ignorant that we both, uh, I mean, you and I. Oh. Ski didn't come off sounding ignorant, but when you and I are like, Boston Massacre. <laughs> Is that related to cream pies? <laughs> <laughs> that was the joke I was going to make. It's pronounced cream pie. <laughs> So yeah, that, that that part makes me feel a little bit less enthusiastic about the you learning. Just cut process. all that out. No, no, no. no. Hey, listen, I, I leave my ignorance in just as much as well. I would say as as much as my intelligence, but that doesn't come through much. It's it's kind of ignorance or middle of the road. Always self-deprecating. Yeah, well, you know that's part of my charm. <laughs> equal parts intelligence and ignorance, but sometimes the ratio shifts. Right. <laughs> Well, if you just said equal parts, does that not mean you're just shifting from 50 to 50 again? Well, he said that the, I guess the overall average <laughs> yeah, is 50-50. Exactly. 50-50, but sometimes it'll go 49-51. <laughs> sometimes it takes a drastic turn, <laughs> yeah. you know, like we're discussing euchre or some shit. <laughs> I don't know. I would have to guess. I, if I was putting your ignorance to your intelligence, 
I would put both of you at least in the 80-20 range um, in favor of intelligence. I think you seriously oversell it. You both are. my part. You both have very wide ranges of knowledge. Um, that's the thing. Is it's, Now, there are some things that I'm probably more knowledgeable on than either of you two that are more pedestrian typical things. Um, you know, Cro-Magnon type uh, endeavors of like sports and such. Cro-Magnon. <laughs> <laughs> but, but when it comes to like actual, you know, like whether it be history and other topics of that nature, historical events, not just, you know, typical history. And when it comes to science, things of that nature, that ski. So... I don't know if I said, but the history and such is Brent uh, definitely excels in a lot of that stuff. Um, whereas with me, it, it's more of the mundane. <laughs> I would think you two would probably be in the 80-20 range of, of intelligence to ignorance, especially pure ignorance where you really don't know, you know, like any ability to hold a conversation based yeah. on it. And I would say I'd probably, I don't think I'm like, you know, the opposite, I would say, that I'm more like, you know, maybe 70, 30, 75, 25, something like that. Close, I, close. You brought up sports. I would say most of my sports knowledge comes from uh, hanging out with you. Well, yeah. Even I know. more so than James or Lance, because I know there were times when you would like pull up cue cards and, <laughs> and like quiz me on who went to what <laughs> college growing up. Well, yeah, that was a long time ago. That's when I really cared a lot more about sports. I still enjoy sports, but I don't have nearly the caring for it that I did when I, I was. I certainly cannot tell you a lot of that now. Well, yeah. <laughs> I know James and I still like to, you know, give you a hard time about, you know, like a player who played for the Pacers or Colts, like say <laughs> 20 years ago when we were in high school. Um, you know, like, oh, did you see that Reggie Miller got traded <laughs> or something of that nature? Who? Just no. to see if you would realize how far past the times it was so. yelp yelp but seem no longer with the pacers <laughs> well I, I, <laughs> I, I think that he's moved on <laughs> now in his 50s or whatnot so oh, gotcha i hear slick lemon's not uh, coach anymore I, I know it's shocking i really thought he was going to take us to the big one but yeah. meadowlark lemon died did he yeah how long ago uh, i don't know okay. <laughs> 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 Just at some point in the past. Exactly. I can contribute. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate your effort. Yeah, thank you. Where were we? Oh, yeah, we uh, hadn't started. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the living room. We've started. We got 25 minutes on the clock, maybe. Oh, we're only up to like 17. All right. <laughs> and oh, that's nice. if I don't cut out. You know. Oh, gotcha. 14 minutes. Probably at this point that it was be like part of the actual recording, and then maybe mm-hmm. a few minutes it'll get tacked on to the end. Gotcha. So, yeah. But while we're still running short, I will never go to Boston. It's oh, really? just one of those places that doesn't interest me. Hmm. You I, know. I went to Boston for um, New Year's Eve one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I for you a little while, dad, didn't you? Yeah. Well, in between, yeah. like Sharon and I getting married and us having kids, mm-hmm. my dad took us to places for New Year's Eve for mm-hmm. a few years. Like we went yeah. to Vegas one year, to New York one year. And to Boston one year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think it was at that point that Jerry got pregnant. And so mm-hmm. that tradition uh, went yeah. away. But, yeah, Boston, I mean, it, it's a cool city. Um, we yeah. only spent like three, four days there. Yeah. Part of what we did there was we went to, drove to Springfield, Massachusetts, where the Basketball Hall of Fame is. Okay. And I gotcha. definitely enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, although I think I would have enjoyed it more if it was an NBA Hall of Fame mm-hmm. as opposed to all of basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. There was just a lot of it that. Yeah, I was never that into college sports and mm-hmm. certainly not into international leagues and things yeah, like that. Gotcha. Um, you only see so many peach baskets with the hole in the bottom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, that, it was an enjoyable trip. But yeah. 
you know, for for me, the three, four days, whatever it was we were there, mm-hmm. was enough for me to get uh, the yeah. overview that I was looking for. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just with, like, I, yeah, I don't have anything against it. It's just one of those things that if I was going to take a trip, it would not be in the top 25 ever, really. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you were to go any place in the U- continental United well, then it'd be continental, but the United States. Oh. Um, so if, if Alaska or Hawaii is your choice, that's fine too. But mm-hmm. if one place outside of the state, obviously, where would that be? <laughs> Do you have a number one? Um, well, currently, my number one would be Seattle, um, just because uh, my wife's never been there, mm. and so I'd like to see that with her. Um, but after she sees that, then I don't know, probably just go back to San Francisco again. I think that's probably my favorite place in North America. Yeah, and see- I'd like to see it one last time before it falls into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ski? Do you have one? I think Hawaii. You Hawaii. mentioned that they would be uh, part of the uh, option. I would love to visit Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, well, I would probably be on the same boat as Brent. Now, I would say that I would probably be a little more general and say the Pacific Northwest. Like, that's definitely high on our bucket list, but that's yeah. kind of cheating. Yeah. Um, if I had to ch- to pick just one city, yeah, I would go with Seattle also. Mm-hmm. But I would love to do, like, a Seattle, Portland, mm-hmm. you know. San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. get all that. Or at the very least, I've been to San Francisco. I would certainly like to go again, but mm-hmm. I've, I haven't been to the Redwoods. Um, yeah. And I think that'd that be a pretty be cool really place awesome. to go also. I would say... Oregon would be a quick second for me, and not necessarily because I want to see Oregon, but we have uh, really close friends, uh, Nicole's maid of honor, and her family lives out there. Uh, they moved several years ago now, and uh, I'd love to visit them too. So, But it, they say the area is really pretty, besides it's right off the ocean too. So. Yeah, well, I mean, I think, I think that's uh, what inspired the Simpsons locale. So, yeah, that's where Matt Groening's from. Is uh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so now I guess we're ready to. Now we're a full twenty minutes into the episode. I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so now Around I think it's time to, yeah to actually get a uh, get into the actual <laughs> episode itself. Giving the people what they want, right? Because <laughs> they've not specifically said they don't want it. So <laughs> <laughs> silence is acceptance. <laughs> I learned that in high school. <laughs> so do you feel like no matter what we say, unless someone speaks out against it, that it's what the audience is craving? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I think that they would. <laughs> there would be a vocal <laughs> uprising. People did not that like. Seems something. like a slippery slope there, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> so. yeah. No. I'd like to think you would tell me if, like, if listenership drops off precipitously from one week to the next, I would be like, "What the hell did we do that episode?" Yeah, yeah, that you have to check the tape. <laughs> well, because I don't think, like, listen, we do say ignorant things occasionally. We try to be woke, but occasionally we do say stupid things. That's for sure. Um, and we occasionally have mixed in a little bit of politics, which can be off-putting to people. But mm-hmm. it's certainly a minor part, I would yeah. say, of our yeah. repertoire. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we've done much that would specifically turn someone off. Other than just our general, you know, yeah. skills at podcasting. Exactly. <laughs> and if that's the case, they haven't made it this far anyway. Exactly. Unless it's their first try. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. Exactly. Yeah. If somebody can't sanction this buffoonery. Right. Then, uh, I don't <laughs> I don't blame them. <laughs> yeah, this is what we got. <laughs> so it's, it's not going to get appreciably better from here. Exactly. You're so. getting what they paid for. Yeah. <laughs> well worded. Yeah. Uh, so we open in the living room. Uh, we see Sophia, our... Uh, arguing uh, with somebody on the other side of the phone uh, for a price, uh, eventually agreeing to a $60 price tag. Uh, just as she hangs up the phone, Dorothy enters. Sophia turns to her and uh, tells her daughter that she uh, is surprised she got a date for for the upcoming banquet. Right. Dorothy uh, kind of uh, tells her with a sour face, Ma, I'll get my own date. And then Sophia responds back, Fine, pay 100 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, that's a not bad for an escort service, I would think, you know. Yeah, I guess, I don't know. Who's she paying $60 to, though? Well, I'm assuming she's paying 60 to the escort service, but she well, was able is, to negotiate it down. Is it an escort down. service or like a, a someone she knows who's just charging her to go out oh, with her daughter? Well, that's what I assumed it was a pimp. You know, <laughs> and I was like, well, good for that pimp for being, you know, cognizant of the fact that she is on a fixed income. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, you do appreciate someone who realizes the difficult time she may have been experiencing. Exactly. So. <laughs> and she realized they realize, you know, she's doing it for a dollar. So yeah. it's, it's, yeah. Well, and you think she get a senior discount. So. <laughs> exactly. <But>. AARP. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said it so lasciviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, listen, if that's what you're into, then by all means, uh, you're like, oh, sweet, my magazine's here. Like, oh, your Playboy? No, my AARP. I'll be in the bathroom. So. I take umbrage with the fact that you think I like old women. Now let us get back to this Golden Girls podcast. <laughs> so now I'm going to cons- assume that the whole rest of the time that you're only participating in this to justify your um, obsession with, with older ladies. No, I, I'm doing it for the Paul Dooley. Oh. You know, he's like my Haley's Comet. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I'll sit through a lot of boring stuff just for some Paul Dooley every well, once in a while. I know we get a little Paul Dooley here in a few weeks, but um, is that is that going to be the last Paul Dooley? Yeah, until we start over again. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Recapping our recaps? Exactly. Well, you know, Haley's Comet probably only comes once or twice, once in your lifetime unless you live long enough to see it when you're little and older. Yeah. So we've seen Paul Dooley after, you know, like you said, in a few weeks, mm-hmm. twice mm-hmm. in like a year's time. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Quite blessed. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag blessed, if exactly. you will. So. They call that the blood Dooley. <laughs> when, you get, <laughs> when you get two in a year. <laughs> blood Dooley or blue Dooley? Blue I Dooley. <laughs> I think that's actually better. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Either one sounds... Uh, wrong in a lot of ways or at least it can be interpreted as exactly. such. I guess I need to clarify how are you spelling blue? <laughs> B-L-U-E? Okay, why well, did I don't know if you were you know B-L-E-W Dooley? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. Just clarify. If he wasn't dead I wouldn't hold it against you. So eh, No well. he's alive. Oh is he alive? Oh God yeah. I thought we decided he was dead. No. But he's almost 100, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, okay. So he's alive and doing amazingly well for his age. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's still right. acting. Yeah. Now, as you say, there was another actor that uh, was on a semi-recent episode that we were fans of that had died recently at a ripe old age. Yeah. But I guess it wasn't Paul Dooley. Yeah. I think the one in this episode just died like two years ago, maybe. Yeah, not long, long ago. I didn't so. actually let it one up. I yeah. sometimes do. So. Roland. But yeah, she throws her hands up in the air and says, fine, pay 100 uh, Dorothy hands her then a stack of envelopes and <laughs> what did I say? Oh, this is what I like, all right, I got to get this back on track. So I'm going to go ahead and respond to this and then immediately go back in, leaving no space for another comment. <laughs> so. Sorry. I just skied at something really, really funny, but he's not ready to talk about it yet. So in about 10 minutes, I'll explain why I'm laughing. <laughs> oh, okay. So I was laughing from, from that, but yeah. I guess uh, Brent has a little teaser for us here in a moment. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> All right. So back to it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So Dorothy hands her a stack of envelopes and tells her to uh, go ahead and finish uh, these invitations. She's like just going to film and uh, sit them out. 
Then Rose walks in and sits down saying that, you know, she's stuffed and she must have tried food from 10 different caterers, but uh, hasn't quite found the one for the banquet yet. Uh, she explains, though, that she did learn that baked Alaska can be made locally. Yeah, I enjoyed that. That, and then I also enjoyed uh, Dorothy's response to yeah, that. Yeah, quit um, back. Yeah. Rose, I have an even bigger scoop for you. Mars bars are made right here on Earth. <laughs> and I like, too, that Rose, like, she could tell that Dorothy was being shitty. <laughs> yeah, she gives us, like, incredulous look back. Like, yeah. Hey, now. Like, go fuck yourself, Dorothy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Blanche arrives uh, also uh, telling the girls that she was able to book a very swanky venue for the we find out it's a hospital charity banquet mm-hmm. that they're all helping to uh, uh, organize uh, the Versailles room at the Bedford Hotel. Uh, the girls protest, though, that it'll be too expensive and the planning committee is on a pretty tight budget. Right. Uh, but Blanche explains that she got a very good deal. And then she goes in to tell them that uh, she promised the manager that if uh, they were able to use the room, her sister would sing in his piano bar free of charge. Rose asks, you know, you mean Virginia? And Blanche tells her, no, I mean my sister, Susan Anton. <laughs> I, I will say I was really happy to hear that little bit of continuity there of, mm-hmm. you know, Virginia yeah. being brought up. Yeah. So that was cool. Side note, Susan Anton was a singer and actress. She's still alive, but at the time she was uh, a little more famous. Uh, and her first movie was appropriately titled Golden Girl. Oh, very nice. I wonder if that's why they chose her. Uh, I, I wondered that example. too. I was like, what? <laughs> little homage to the... The OG. <laughs> right. <laughs> Original Golden Girl. <laughs> and so the manager knew she was lying. She was full of it, uh, but liked her, quote, moxie. So he gave him the room anyway at a good deal. Uh, so now they still need, though, a caterer and a band. I like Sophia's little thing about and Blanche and Jordan showing her moxies. Or yes, yes. Along those lines. Yeah. Said, I bet you like showing it too, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dorothy asked Blanche if she'd already hired a band, but uh, Blanche responds back that Rose was going to find one. Uh, Dorothy warns her that uh, if that is the case, they may end up with a yodeling quartet. She named the quartet, but uh, it had a very long foreign name that I can't pronounce. All right. Uh, go ahead. Oh, cough. <laughs> Sorry. Rose then says, that's not true, and we find out because they broke up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she does, uh, the doorbell rings, and she gets up to answer, and while she's walking, she does tell them that a tuba band is still available. Yeah, also, they, who has a long name. <laughs> yeah, they definitely go through some great ones. A little later in the episode, they have uh, an accordion player you mm-hmm. know, trying out as well. So tuba, accordion, and yodeling <laughs> have all been brought up at this point. Mm-hmm. All fine options yeah. for, your, uh, for your band. We should look into uh, maybe having some intro music like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she opens the uh, door, or she opens the door, and a man comes in introducing himself as Jake Smollins, and he is from VIP Catering. Mm-hmm. You can instantly tell that Rose is kind of taken by the man as she uh, kind of has those, you know, starry eyes. And is, she fully introduces herself and then Dorothy. And before she can introduce Blanche, Blanche interjects uh, with her own name and gets up to greet him personally, mm-hmm. uh, introducing herself as the chairman of the planning committee. Right. Uh, he gives her a few details about, you know, his catering background. Explained that he was also a cook in the Navy. Blanche then gets right to the point, asking if he's married. And then he replies, no, I'm not. And please call me Jake. Yeah. Kind of starting getting fresh with her a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Rose starts telling a story about her uncle Jake. You know, she's again starry-eyed still. Uh, before uh, Dorothy kind of stops her and takes Jake's hand and 
almost seductively kind of guides him to the couch and sits him down. Mm -hmm. Uh, They sit down together, and he asks what kind of meal they might be wanting to have for the banquet. And she tells him, cheap. (laughs) (laughs) He says he admires her honesty, and then she responds by saying she admires his chest. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, he awkwardly smiles. Uh, she then redirects and asks him to uh, specify what type of food he suggests for the meal. Uh, then he goes off and he kind of lists uh, Yankee pot roast, several different sides, and then also his special clam chowder he would throw in for no extra charge. Blanche immediately agrees that that sounds delicious and tells him that he's hired uh, while getting a bit touchy with him as well. Yeah, now he gets hired. You know, Dorothy said she wanted something cheap. He gives no prices whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, for <laughs> for a man in their age range, you know, certainly a handsome dude. Mm-hmm. But uh, I still feel like you would want to get a little. Say, what do you exactly consider cheap, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, they're on a budget. Should be They've some already definition. Yeah. 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 But well, I think that number one, I I understand why the writers did it because they their default is just clams. Right. Um, as far as the clam chowder goes, but it doesn't really go with Yankee pot roast. <laughs> yeah, it is an odd combo. Well, because you're having like two soup type, you know, yeah, parts yeah, of the yeah. meal. Um, and plus like, so I get it's like, all right, so there's clam chowder and then, you know, a salad or whatever. But he's having Yankee pot roast, which traditionally, you know, includes potatoes yeah. plus mashed potatoes on the side. Yeah. It just seems like way too many starches for... Yeah, but back then, we loved carbs as a nation. (laughs) Well, I'm thinking at the beginning, he even does say that he could do chipped beef. I don't know where the Yankee pot roast falls in that range. (laughs) I thought that he was just saying for two, meaning like like for two people. Like I could make a dinner, like a private dinner for you and I type thing, Mm -hmm. or I could make for a giant group of people. I don't think he meant for two, meaning 200. I gotcha. I missed that. I was thinking it was a romantical for two as well. Yeah. So So she walks into the door. And uh, Blanche uh, kind of asks when uh, she can come over to sample what you have to offer. Uh, he then kind of gets uh, eyes for her, and he suggests that they go out to dinner at a local diner that uses several of his recipes. <laughs> they uh, kind of all say their goodbyes, and the girls uh, start staring at him again, kind of starry-eyed. Right. <laughs> uh, Blanche closes the door, and Rose calls him a hunk, and Blanche immediately agrees. Dorothy points out that... Uh, Either she or Rose may have also been interested in Jake. Uh, Rose followed by saying that Blanche, you know, used a slew of cheap ploys to nab him first, though. Blanche openly then acknowledges that, yes, she did know that they might have been interested, and she still went for him first. Uh, and then Dorothy asks, well, what do you have to say for yourself? Blanche responds, damn, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before kind of turning and walking down to her room. I think... I don't. Know, I guess if I was Blanche, I just would have pointed out that her and Jake have something in common, while the others don't. What did her and Jake have in common? Uh, they both satisfied fifteen hundred sailors. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, yeah that Zing. would have been good. Yeah, even if she didn't say satisfied, she could have said we both could service. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, that would have been a, an excellent. Yeah. I don't know. Fifteen hundred is such a high number. You can say a boat full, yeah, a ship full. Yeah, yeah, that would have been probably a a little better if she would have said we could have both satisfied a boatload of sailors. (laughs) At least that leaves you know whether it's an aircraft carrier or a dinghy, but it leaves it up to the imagination. Exactly. (laughs) Well, we change scenes and we see uh, Jake and Blanche enter the restaurant uh, next day on their date. And he asks her you know, if she thinks it's romantic. Uh, she says it is, if you happen to be Popeye, because mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of got like 
a weird mix of, uh, uh, I would say, almost Red Lobster slash Long John Silver's appeal. Yeah, slash dive bar type uh, yeah, of a, yeah, yeah. It's got like netting hanging from the yeah. sides. Like it looks kind of like it would maybe a, a bar in Boston or something. Right. Like yeah. Like a seaside kind of shanty place. Now, why would somebody though, like even if you thought like, yeah, I like the food here. There is nothing about that place that would seem romantic, I don't think. I mean, maybe you'd say the lighting, I guess. I don't know. But, uh, you know, he even goes on with the best table in the house being one that you don't get splinters on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just feel like that if you – I feel like it would be more appropriate to be like, yeah, it doesn't look like much, but the food's great and the atmosphere yeah. is good or whatever. Yeah. Not to ask, don't you think this is romantic as you walk <laughs> into this shithole. But. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the waiter greets Jake because he knows him, mm-hmm. and it, he does actually said like you said, uh, direct him to the best table in the house. Uh, they sit down and kind of fawn over each other about how unique each one of them is, and that they've never met someone like him. Uh, Blanche notices an unusual tattoo on his arm, and he explains that he got it back in the navy when he was drunk, uh, as was the tattoo artist. Uh, Jake asked for a rose, but the artist drew a nose. Yeah, I feel like that's one. It'd be a very easy tattoo to cover, and I feel like you would. Ah, and Ski has drawn a nose on his own hand, which I guess was what Brent was yes. laughing about here a few minutes ago. I was wondering how long it would take either one of you to notice it. Well, I guess it didn't take Brent that long. <laughs> he does have a better vantage point than yes, I do, though. Yes. Bravo, though. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Um, now, there... I have one tattoo um, of a... Uh, panther on my arm that i got as a senior in high school on spring break sex panther yes um <laughs> neither of you two have ever gotten a tattoo correct no I've nope not. do you I've think designed several but never gotten one on a scale of one to ten um ten being the most likely and one not definitely not going to happen how likely do you think you'd be to ever get a tattoo i'd say right in the middle five five what about you Brunt? um probably five ish i guess do you have any idea? Like, I know Ski would definitely design his own. Do you have any idea if you were to get a tattoo what it would be? Um, it would probably either be the Guided by Voices logo or the Husker Du logo. Husker Du, is that another band that you're yeah. a fan of? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, but for both of those instances, I need to wait until the the main dude is dead. Oh, okay. Because I don't want them to end up being problematic and I'm stuck with a tattoo of them. <laughs> <laughs> So if they can die with a clean record, then I will consider <laughs> memorializing them on my body. <laughs> are you thinking tramp stamp or uh... yeah, exactly, <laughs> or or straight on the neck? <laughs> exactly, um, in the center of a teardrop on my eye. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, now that like working from home, I, I think after this pandemic has passed, you know, hopefully six months or less from now or a year you're at least. Um, Mike Tyson? Yeah. Um, well, I just think that a face tattoo is less problematic than it used to be yeah. if you can work from home. Do <laughs> so, um, one of those Zoom filters where it blocks it out? <laughs> right, yeah. Exactly. Like, Alan's always got the panda face on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what about you, Ski? Do you know specifically, I mean, not necessarily the exact design, but what it would commemorate? Now, if, if I already knew what I was going to get, I'd probably already have it. Uh, but an update. So initially, for like the longest time, I thought I would definitely have to design it myself, mm-hmm. and I'd probably still have make the basic design. But uh, I've seen so such amazing uh, tattoo artwork. <laughs> I would probably want the artist. Yeah, I'd, I'd pick. A, I'd spend a lot of money on it. Like I'd want it to be a good one. But I'd probably want the artist to design it himself, mm-hmm. him or herself. Be like having an original Picasso or something. Something, yeah. You know, yeah. Somebody who's well renowned and not like just somebody I, who's down at the strip mall or something. Yeah, and, yeah. and it doesn't have to be someone who's really famous or yeah, anything, yeah. but someone who I definitely respect their work. Right. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, well, I mean, if you're if it was someone who was famous in the tattooing world, then you'd be Probably paying really. a premium sure, for yeah. that. But there yeah. are people who are really, really good artists mm-hmm. who aren't renowned, if yeah. you will. Um, get an up and comer, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think if I were to get another one, uh, it would. Gino ever starts right? From yeah, <laughs> um, he was uh, the best artist when we were in grade school. I, oh, okay. Who knows if he still? You know, I hope he still draws. Develops his skills, but. And I would probably be something Simpsons related, but at this point, you know, now Golden Girls has become a bigger part of my life. I could see that. Oh yeah. Um, or uh, you know, like even our logo, I, I could, I mm. would consider that. Yeah. Um, but and, and of course, I would certainly consider something commemorating the kids. I, I've always told Shara that I wouldn't have her just because I feel like, you know, we have a pretty strong marriage. I definitely don't foresee anything. You know, we have our little ups and downs, but mm-hmm. you know, far more ups. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I would just be afraid that, that would be the thing that would curse us is if I got the her jinx. name. Yeah, exactly. Like if I got her name put on my body somewhere, that that'd be a year later, I'd be regretting that decision. <laughs> so, um, but anyways, yeah, I don't know. I don't foresee getting one anytime soon. Cherry has quite a few at this point, but mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, I don't think I'll have a new one here in the near future anyway. Yeah, so. Nikki only has two. She's got one. She got on her 18th birthday, I think it was. And then she got one on her back that she had me designed for her to commemorate her dad when he passed. Very nice. So, well, if you ever do decide to get one, then perhaps we'll take a picture and post it on uh, on our Twitter. There we page. go. Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah, because it will be a full back tattoo. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever I get, it'll be a mural. Yeah. Well, if that's the of case. Coco. <laughs> yeah. Coco. In the kimono. Right. Exactly. <laughs> decided. It is decided. Going down on a plate of enchiladas. Yeah. Now, on his little breast pocket, though, I'm going to have the golden, the, 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 the Sophia's Choice logo. Yeah. Very nice. A little bit of creative license. There. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe maybe he'll be holding like the uh, the pan yeah. of the food, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very nice. If any of our listeners have a Golden Girls tattoo, feel free to share that in the comment section. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Or, or anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you got a tattoo that's family friendly, feel free to. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Still waiting on that first comment on uh, iTunes. So yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. See, I don't support Apple products, so I'm fine with those people. Well, just I mean, not... it's just by far our lion's share of listeners. Um, really? Yeah, or is it through it through an Apple product? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I did not know this. Do, so, is that where they are giving us the five stars? Or Yeah, I mean, we've gotten four or five-star reviews on there. Uh, four, maybe five now. Uh, okay. But no one has actually commented. Picked, yeah, commented. So. Okay. But, you know, at some point somebody will. And it'll does, probably be negative, but yeah. that's okay. Does that, <laughs> does that comment system allow uploading pictures to your comment? I don't know if it does or not. Probably not. Uh, um, I don't know if any. It, they could certainly send us a picture through Twitter yeah. or on Facebook, um, but I don't know that they'd be able to. I think, can you comment with a picture on the Facebook? I have no idea. Yeah. I don't go on Facebook. Yeah. I'm very uh, archaic in my connections to social media. Yeah, Yeah, that's all right. I use all the same platforms as the Golden Girls do. So <laughs> <laughs> it's my homage. Yeah, to so them. if you want to get in touch with Brent, you need to send him a letter through the personal. So. <laughs> the penny saver. Yeah. Well, also anything on a bulletin board. Yeah. Look. Yeah, you put your local bulletin board and you may see. Uh, uh-huh. Exactly. Hit me up in the loin of point aisle. <laughs> <laughs> loin of point. <laughs> <laughs> So. 
There's a typo in the packaging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if that was something a, a little different. <laughs> I don't know if I want to see your loin of poink. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so where were we at, Ski? I don't know. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, the, I was talking about the uh, the nose right, tattoo. Yeah. Uh, so they both received their uh, soup, I'm assuming the, the, the clam chowder. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jake stops her from starting to eat, and he uh, gives her a big kiss. And uh, Blanche says that she's beginning to see why this place is so romantic. Yeah, I mean, they've had some pretty you know, significant flirting up to this point, but that's a pretty forward move. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty bold. Um, yeah, well, he says something like, the clam chowder tastes better when your lips are l- yeah. warmed up or something. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's pretty baller play, honestly. It really is. And it, 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 it sold it. <laughs> yeah, and so then she admitted that the place is romantic. So it's not that it's romantic on its own. It's that he makes it romantic. Right, yeah. And like you said, that's a baller He's move. He's a transformer. I mean, it, it's a baller move if it works. And if it doesn't, it's assault. Yeah. <laughs> so it's I think that's a place where he's comfortable. And so therefore, he's confident. And yeah. so therefore, it works for him. Yeah, I, I, I could definitely so. see it being a date ender if it goes awry. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. If, I, I don't know if it goes quite far enough, especially if you're, uh, you know, on the date with consent. Um, true, true. Um, you know, it, it's a date, so I don't think it, maybe assault would be a little strong, but it yeah. definitely could be a a day ender. If um, well, if she says no and you do it again, yeah, then, <laughs> yeah, then you're definitely in the danger zone. So yeah, but I think he knows her well enough to know oh, she's well, not yeah. going to say no. <laughs> yeah, she certainly hasn't shown any. Uh, any indication that she's prudish or would exactly. resist. I think so. she even uh, said something about, oh, you're pulling my leg. He's like, I'm not, but I'd like to. Yeah. And then she tells him, stop being dirty. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And she's like, I'm kidding. Keep right. being dirty. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she's definitely given him, given him plenty of indications that, you know, it's fair game. I mean, even when they first met, I mean, she was throwing herself at him as if he was a college professor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that she desperately needed his help for a good grade. Exactly. <laughs> this time, it's all about the chowder. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they kind of stare into each other's eyes, and then Jake p- picks up his bowl with one hand mm-hmm. as if to kind of drink from it. Right. Uh, Blanche takes notice of this posture, though. And uh, gives it an uneasy look, like mm-hmm. a disapproving look. Yeah, Dolly's Dixie Stampede style. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, Nikki and Alexis went to Dixie Stampede. Have you been there? The Christmas one. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think it's apparently, phenomenal. Apparently delicious food. It's really, really good. Uh, it's probably one of the finest pieces of legitimate theater I've ever seen in my life. Really? <laughs> I totally support everybody going to the Dolly Parton Christmas show. So I have to check that out. Mm-hmm. It's really good. But uh, we changed scene again. That was just a quick one in the restaurant. Now we're back at the house. Uh, Dorothy and Rose are at this point listening to a man audition with his accordion right. music act. Uh, they are less than impressed, and their faces uh, reflect that fact. Both kind of give a very half-hearted applause as he finishes his song. Uh, then he starts to introduce his next song, which is by Huey Lewis. Uh, but Dorothy stops him and kind of guides him to the door, saying they are just out of time. Uh, he then describes his big finale, he has sparklers in both of his hands, and then playing with his feet. Uh, Dorothy asks, oh, are you smoking at the same time? He says no, and she tells him, oh, you were this close. <laughs> yeah, I like that whole part. Um, I, I also liked how excited he was when he was like, the next one's Huey Lewis and the News! <laughs> yeah. Which, I don't know, I guess in the 80s, yeah, yeah he was pretty a pretty huge deal. band. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it just... This was 87. I think Back to the Future came out in 85. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so 
two years, you'd have been a pretty big deal. Oh, okay. yeah, certainly. I mean, you know, Huey Lewis can still fill a small conference room. So, <laughs> no, wait, like Huey Lewis, he had more number one hits than any other male artist. Oh, in did the he really? 80s. Have it? Yeah. That's wow. impressive. Yeah. It is impressive. So. Yeah. My son, he's 10, and, you know, talking to artists in the 80s that had a lot of hits has recently taken a shine to the music of Michael Jackson. Okay. And I just, I don't know, do I broach the subject like, hey, I mean, I did actually, but I was debating, like, do I tell him, like, just so you know, this guy has a lot of accusations about mm-hmm. child molestation, fairly yeah. credible ones. Um, so, you know, it's fine like with the music, me. maybe yeah. not idolize the person. <laughs> right. It's like, you should just be aware that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's fine that you're getting into some of his music. But you need to know that it's a little bit of a, mm-hmm. you know, um, sticky subject if you bring up your love of Michael Jackson to anybody outside of the family. Listen, boy, I'm fine with you loving the sinner, but hate the sin. <laughs> right. <laughs> well said. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure if that really <laughs> applies either. Yeah. But, um, hey, Michael Jackson was a poor man's prince, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, uh, he, you know, he... He talks about his closer, and then he uh, he leaves. And Rose asks in a bit of a worried voice, "You know, what are they going to do?" Um, citing that the banquet is less than two weeks out now, and they still don't have a band. Uh, having uh, auditioned several bands already, I think she said like half a dozen or something, something like that. that yeah. Um, Dorothy tells her that you know what they're going to do is go eat some cheesecake. Right, and that's <laughs> so, cheesecake number eight, by the way. Nice. So Rose gets up immediately and falls her straight into the kitchen. Uh, Sophia is in there, uh, and Dorothy says hi, and then asks if she, you know she's still been working on finishing the invitations. Uh, she tells her that you know she's just in there for a glass of water, and that licking so many stamps has been drying her out. Rose then asks, you know, why don't you use a sponge? And this is a good line. Sophia quips back that she prefers drinking from a glass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like that was one of my favorites of the episode. And then uh, she then she exits the room. Then uh, Blanche enters and uh, in the kitchen. She's already dressed up nice. And Dorothy asks why she's still there because she thought she and Jake had a, a date that night. Uh, Blanche tells her that, you know, they do, but he's late. Uh, Rose says that he sure he does have a good reason. And even if not, who cares? Right. He's a dreamboat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Blanche admits that uh, her time with him has been great, but explains that there are a few differences between them that she just can't get used to. And uh, all of them kind of uppity, to be honest, and uh, a bit shallow, I think. Yeah, I would certainly say so. I think that's being generous, honestly. <laughs> Dorothy points out that you know she's just being silly, and Blanche admits that she's probably being overly critical. Uh, but that's bound to happen when you're stunningly beautiful. Right. <laughs> Again, her... Uh, her Humility. Yes, her humility. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sophia enters again and uh, tells him that Jake is here. He follows her into the kitchen. And he is messy and dirty, explaining that he had stopped to help a woman who was stranded on the side of the road. Right. I think he said he rebuilt her transmission. Yeah, which, something like that. What kind of tools is he carrying around the back of his I car? Know. That's, and, that's and a he has deal. Quite <laughs> a level of expertise that he can do that with, like you said, just on the with, side of the road. Yeah, yeah. But maybe, uh, maybe there's just parts that are you know sticking out that he can yeah. shove back in. <laughs> <laughs> now I would say that's a, a situation too that would be very unfair. For Blanche to take umbrage with um, because right. it's not even like, oh, you're lacking your social graces. Mm-hmm. It's you stop to help somebody on the side of the road. Someone and, that was stranded. Yeah, How and, dare you be and nice? And the help they needed, you know, caused you to get dirty. Like that should still be a hero's. Curse your kindness. You know. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So. 
But uh, Blanche is still clearly upset. You know, points out that there are people who fix cars for a living. Uh, Rose kind of jumps in to a story about uh, someone named Andy Grinatelli, mm-hmm. I think it's pronounced, who does that uh, just th- the same thing. Although she says he doesn't actually fix the cars himself, probably not wanting to get his trench coat dirty. Then seeing how Dorothy is looking at her, talking about uh, this Andy fellow, she turns her head saying, I know. Shut up, Rose. <laughs> yeah, that definitely leads you to start believing that Rose is in an abusive relationship with these <laughs> yeah, two. Yeah, she's got a very disappointed <laughs> yeah. look yeah, on I mean, her face. She's already a beat dog in this, um, mm-hmm. you know, at this point in season two. You know, how bad <laughs> is it going to be once we get to season seven? Well, to be honest, that was my favorite line of the show, too. Yeah, it was funny. Don't get me wrong, but it certainly <laughs> it's, it's got a tinge of sad to it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I thought just the delivery was perfect. Yeah. Did you have more to add to that? I can't think of the word, so I'll just oh, move okay. on. <laughs> <laughs> and now at this point, Jake, uh, he had gone to the, the sink, I think, to wash up a little, bit, a little bit. But he comes back over to Blanche, who's sitting at the table, and asks her to forgive him uh, for missing their reservation. He starts suggesting an idyllic uh, kind of romantic picnic at the beach on a blanket. And then Dorothy blurts out, I forgive you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of interjecting herself they kind of look at her confused and she corrects herself saying oh no no, i mean uh blanche should forgive you uh blanche then tells him that he is forgiven but to forget the picnic and she'll go eat the blanket yeah so uh jake exits and then blanche uh, kind of follows behind him but right before leaving the room she turns to the girls with this look of excitement on her face and makes kind of a breathy sigh yeah yeah, it was a good look. I mean, it was, you know, like who? conveyed it very well. What's coming order. next, right? Yep. Uh, Rose and uh, Dorothy talk about what a good man Jake is. And Dorothy kind of uh, laments that she can't attract men like that. Sophia then says, yes, you can. And she asks, oh, Ma, you really think so? <laughs> Sophia says back, though, of course not. But do you think I'm going to tell you that? I'm your mother. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then pats she's... her on the shoulder before she leaves. She really kind of blew that, though, didn't she? Oh, yeah, she's rough. Uh, I mean, we love Sophia, but uh, she would be a tough person to have as your mom. <laughs> we uh, change scenes again. We see Dorothy now entering the living room uh, where Sophia is currently sitting on the couch. She asks if she's uh, sure that she mailed all the invitations because nobody through G through O, like in the letters, uh, range had responded. Sophia explains that she, yeah, of course I'm sure. Uh, but uh, they were in the shoebox that she had taken to the post office last week. Right. Then she kind of starts to doubt herself, though, worrying that maybe she mailed her her best heels by accident. Right. Dorothy, of course, gets upset by this, and Sophia worries also that she may not have shoes for the banquet now. Well, so did she just take the box of invitations and just mm-hmm. drop the whole box off, full of you know, assuming they were just full of invitations, and walk out like? I, it sounds like it, which yeah. I don't think is how mail works. Not typically. I mean, I guess you could. I mean, you could just put it in a Dropbox and assume that they'll take it Open out of the it box and, and check then, it out. you know, send it along. But yeah, that would be or maybe presumptuous. She, at maybe the least. she went into the mailbox or the post office and handed it to yeah, it could be a clerk or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So. Saying they they're in here, yeah. and he gets it open, and says shoes. <laughs> right, <laughs> ma'am, ma'am. Yeah. It's too late. Uh, so Rose enters, uh, telling them, you know, happily that she has just signed a band for the event, the Great Pretenders, which apparently is an all-female jazz band. Uh, and then uh, Dorothy and Rose kind of take trade jabs back and forth about their lackluster dates that we, they've got for the party. Right. Which I don't think we ever see their dates, do we? No, I don't believe so. 
Yeah. We see Blanche's dates, but uh, yeah. or date, but mm-hmm. we don't see them. We see roses. Do we see roses? Oh, we see her talking to a gentleman in a blue tuxedo. Oh, okay. Oh, oh that's right. And they do mention that he has a powder mm-hmm. blue tuxedo that yeah. he owns. Yes. And I wonder if this is the same cousin that she always takes, except for the last time where she I'd substituted. Have to, yeah, because she's mentioned before. We'd have to check the name. Like the one that slept with both Blanche and Ro- or Dorothy? No, no. Um, who was it that she... Well, it was Paul Dooley. Oh, okay. um, In that episode, like, she always goes with her cousin. But this time they did the personal ad thing. And she ended up with Paul Dooley. Oh, okay. For a second, I you were trying to say Paul Dooley was the cousin. I was like, I don't think no. we watched the same episode. <laughs> he was the one who... I see. The one who replaced the cousin. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah maybe this time she went back back to the well then. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> uh, then Blanche enters... As the abused oh. always do. <laughs> say, say what? As the abused always do. As the abused always do, yes. Uh, then Blanche enters and asks uh, if Jake had called, as he is apparently late again for another date. Uh, Rose asks if Jake will be able to accompany her to the banquet or if he'll be, you know, there working. Right. Because he's the uh, caterer. Uh, we learned that Blanche... <laughs> <laughs> well, someone might have forgotten, you oh, know. Sure. Yeah, exactly. A lot has happened in this time. Well, yeah, I mean, we kind of glazed over the catering part. Through. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we learned that Blanche does not actually plan to go to the uh, 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 banquet with Jake and that she has got another person kind of lined up already. Mm-hmm. The girls then point out that this, you know, he'll be very hurt if she finds out that he's there. She's there with another man, and that she's kind of being selfish and rude. Uh, Blanche con- con- condescendingly explains that she's, you know, he's a blue jeans kind of guy, and this is a black tie affair. We wouldn't have any fun. Uh, good. Oh, What's now it, it is just surprising how proper Blanche. You know, chooses see, to be sometimes. Well, yeah, and that she's looking for somebody, you know, at least as far as a long-term person or a serious <laughs> relationship, if you will, that is a lot more proper. Um, I mean, this a lot of gentility or something, or yeah, I guess I don't know. Yeah, you know, southern proper etiquette. Well, and back in the '80s, I think it was still pretty common that a, a man of a certain age typically wore slacks <laughs> um, and yeah. like a button-up type shirt or something like that, or a polo. You know, it wasn't. T-shirts and jeans weren't as common, whereas nowadays it doesn't really matter your age. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I know I'll be wearing T-shirts and jeans till you know I get put <laughs> in the grave, more than likely. So um, now, granted, that may not be at an old age, but yeah. <laughs> still, well, it um, seemed like his jeans were modern jeans, you know, at least for the time. Yeah, yeah. It's not like yeah, they were he, like he old-timey sailor jeans, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> Bell bottoms, yeah. exactly. Well, yeah, he didn't dress shabbily. He, yeah, just, exactly. he didn't have like some overalls on, like a bib overall. Exactly. He wasn't no dressed shirt. like shipwreck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was clearly a working man, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Kinda See, I was a... thinking Bluto along the Popeye thing, uh, but I guess Bluto, though, was more of a pirate, though, wasn't he? He didn't have... No, nah, he was just... He was a sailor. He wasn't a pirate. Well, I mean... I guess I, th- he didn't have overalls, though. Correct. So there's somebody else, though, that's his. Maybe I'm thinking of Pete. Oh, know? yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But anyway. Was Pete a pirate? I think there were times when he was a pirate, but yeah. I don't think that he's... Probably always... whenever Mickey was on the steamboat. Uh, right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, gotcha. so uh, one last thing. You know, yeah. Blanche definitely traded down. Like, the dude she was with was a whole lot less oh, yeah. than... I don't understand that at all. Yeah, he wasn't nearly as good-looking. He didn't seem as charming or anything like that. I yeah. mean, he, he was just someone who was a little more uptight, honestly, yeah. but the only thing. Well, I mm. like that, you know, l- later on, I don't want to kill it already, but one of his only lines was to in, to uh, compliment 
Jake's work. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> the nice piquant on the chowder. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that was fancy pants. Um, but I will say that, like, the other Goldens, and rightfully so, are giving Blanche a hard time about this, you know, which is all well and good. But you got to wonder, it's like, so this is the moment they choose to criticize her and not all the racist slave owning lynching type things. Right. <laughs> like they gave her a pass on all of that. But well, maybe they're looking at the sailor's it like, feelings is just a bridge too far. They're probably looking at it like we're old white women. Your uh, backwards opinions on black people don't affect us. But mm. um, here's an actual person in our life. Yeah. You passing over an eligible bachelor exactly. could affect or, you know, that could you have stole from me. us. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you took him off the market for us. Yeah. Exactly. Because Dorothy does nobody sloppy seconds. <laughs> right. <laughs> Unless it's the cousin Norbit or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Norbit. So uh, then Rose, you know, says, you know, reminds, uh, oh, Rose, Rose tells Blanche that she reminds her of one from St. Olaf. Sophia immediately interjects, please, no one say what woman. <laughs> so Again, that's, that's two. Yeah, yeah, twice in this episode where they stifled Rose's uh, St. Olaf stories, stories yeah. yeah. Yeah, Rose definitely has the normal Molstrog syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy, That's what Numi told us they call Stockholm syndrome. Oh, okay. <laughs> Very nice. Normal Molstrog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the nice of you to attempt it, I guess. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Go ahead. Steve. Yeah, Dorothy. Sorry. That's okay. It's part of it. <laughs> Dor- <laughs> Dorothy continues that, you know. She'll be, you know, breaking Jake's heart if she doesn't go with him. The doorbell then rings, and uh, Jake enters. He immediately kisses Blanche passionately, like right there in the entryway. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they turn and see the girls kind of. I thought it was on the mouth, but. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least it was the on entryway. the entryway. <laughs> at least he didn't kiss her on the exit way. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, at least not in front of the girls. <laughs> yeah. Mouth could be an entryway. Yes. So. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> you like that one? I do. Uh, he asked if they can be alone, saying that uh, he uh, he wants to ask her something very important. And then ultimately he says yeah, he wants to ask her right there where they first met. Uh, Dorothy kind of takes the hint and suggests that the girls go into the kitchen for a bit and give him some privacy. Sophia, however, is a bit hesitant, not wanting to miss the exciting part that she knows is coming up. All right. And Blanche, uh, they, they leave the room. Blanche tells Jake you know, how much she's enjoyed their time together, but points out that they you know, are, two for, are from two different worlds, and so their relationship can really only progress so far, and that she won't be able to go with him to the banquet, because that's what she assumes he's going to ask. But uh, he looks at her with a disappointed, kind of almost like a half grin, yeah. and tells her, you know, no, that's really not what I was going to say. I wasn't going to invite you to the banquet. I was going to ask you to marry me. And then Blanche kind of hangs her head with a shocked and upset look. Right. So then we change scenes again. So this is the third man now that's asked Blanche to marry yeah. him in the, you know, what? Two seasons. Yeah, two and a half seasons or mm-hmm. one and a half seasons that we've gotten through so far. Um, yeah, I, that's a pretty good hit rate. <laughs> so, <laughs> you got a man asking you to marry you. Now, well, Grant, had, had, no one's asked the other two or three to marry you, have they? Um, I don't think they've gone that far. Yeah, not... I mean, Alex Rocco wanted Dorothy to spend her life with him. Right, just, just as a side piece. Yeah. Right, exactly. yeah, no. as a side chick. <laughs> yeah. but, and, of course, not Miles, you know, wanted mm-hmm. Rose to, you know, also continue their relationship. But I don't think they ended their relationship, per se. Um, but Well, we haven't seen him again, but, you know, he does show up later as a Miles. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
uh, Dorothy joins Rose, who is in the kitchen. Rose, you know, can't sleep, uh, telling her about a bad dream that she keeps having about the banquet. Uh, the dream apparently has Charlton Heston as Moses, uh, something about J.C. Penney's and people laughing at fat lady underwear. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, she asks, you know, what could all that mean? And Dorothy responds to her that she spent too many years sleeping in curlers. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, basically she's brain damaged, and that's, that's why she has at. such odd dreams. Um, uh, Sophia joins them in the kitchen with her purse. I thought it was odd because it's the middle of the night. Yeah. She always got that purse. Okay, so <laughs> I'm glad you brought this up. Um, so two of the instances in which I watched this episode, um, my wife happened to be in the room during oh, okay. this scene. And both times she mentions, like, have you guys talked about her bringing that person to the kitchen in the middle of the night? <laughs> and I was like, I, we may have discussed the purse, but I don't know that we have. <laughs> and then, like, and then today. Because they're all in, like, night gowns. Yeah. And then, like, she did. She mentioned that again today. And I was like, well, number one, you just mentioned it the other day, and we've not recorded since then. So, you know, it's not, my answer is the same. I did not contact them at home and ask about the purse. Exactly. Yeah. That was just something that she was just baffled by as far as the purse goes. And she wanted to make sure it was on the record that that shit ain't right. It has been logged. Yeah. Let her know. Yeah. Officially addressed. Uh, but uh, it's easier for her to tell me these things than to actually listen and then comment on the episode. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot less work for sure. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, she, have, she can do the Cliff Notes version is what it is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. She doesn't have to listen to all of our bull crap. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Dorothy asks, you know, you know, you can't sleep either. And her mother tells her, no, I was sleeping so well. I thought I'd come in here and try it in the sink. <laughs> I thought that was another pretty funny line. Yeah. Uh, they discussed that Blanche seems to be sleeping quite well, but uh, she shouldn't be with uh, how poorly she's treated Jake. And Roy's, Rose points out that uh, some people under stress, you know, sleep to escape the, yeah. the guilt and stuff. Sophia then adds that, you know, her husband did that. Unfortunately, he usually slept during foreplay. Yeah. <laughs> to escape his guilt. <laughs> well, not guilt, but like yeah. to escape. But Dorothy kind of looks away disgustedly. <laughs> Rose uh, feels bad that uh, Blanche has been upset lately since uh, she broke things off with Jake, but Dorothy has no sympathy, uh, pointing out that you know her you know decision was very short-sighted and and kind of vain really. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, just then Blanche enters, seeing them all awake, and uh, asks kind of what's going on. Dorothy immediately tells her that they were discussing how dumb she was to give up such a good guy. Uh, she admits that, you know, she is being, or that it's the reason she can't sleep either. Yeah. Uh, Rose tells her she should just call him. But Blanche rebuffs that idea, saying that, uh, no, he just convinced me to go see him, and that can't happen. The girls really can't understand why she's going, why she's so against being with him, since he's clearly a good person, and she seems to be miserable without him. Right. Uh, Blanche tries to explain uh, again, and just sounds conceited, that, uh, and Dorothy calls her out for this, right? Yep. Saying, you know, the differences shouldn't matter. Uh, but Blanche uh, continues that uh, she's confident that while they are happy together, their different backgrounds will eventually turn them against one another. Sophia tells Blanche that she's lucky she's got a choice. And then tells the other girls that, you know, her marriage was arranged. And that uh, the single girls and boys in their uh, village were kind of paired up according to height. And that uh, she actually stood on a rock. So she wouldn't be stuck with Luigi the pig boy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was another great line. <laughs> well, yeah, because when she was saying that, I was like, which they were arranged by height. 
I was thinking, man, then Dorothy must have really been an outlier because she <laughs> had two so tall. short parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she's a you know rather tall woman. Uh, yeah. But then you know, I guess perhaps uh, must have been a good sized rock because yeah. Sophia is short. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think Sal is too. Like when we later meet him, I think he's petite. As yeah, well. like in a pa- in a flashback type yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. But granted, I think when we meet him, he's already an older guy. Yeah. So yeah, perhaps he's already started the process of shrinking down. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't Dorothy once, or Sophia once claim she was like 6'2 or something originally? Yeah. And then she just shrunk down to that size? Or yeah. That size? yeah, I think so. <laughs> and Rose tells the girls that, you know, if she ever had a second Mr. Right, she'd want him to be a totally exciting person who sweep her off her feet and totally different than her husband. I thought that was odd. I thought it was, not that she wouldn't want someone exciting or different or whatever, but just the fact that she said she wanted someone who was the opposite of, you know, Charlie, right? Charlie, yeah. I mean, because she's doted about Charlie so much. Well, they even called her out. They said, well, don't, I thought you loved Charlie. She said, oh, I do, I do. I I just want someone who's different. Like, like I could see that you want to date somebody who is different, but to say that if you were to get remarried, you'd mm-hmm. want it to be someone who is the opposite of the person who you, <laughs> you know, spent 30 years with or whatever it was they yeah, were married. I think the only, like, way I could really justify what she means by that uh, is that, uh, Charlie's so special to her, maybe that she wants something different. If she would like, have said that, so I would have would, totally gone. She with wouldn't it. sully his memory, maybe. Yeah, but she I, definitely didn't give that. It was almost more like, yeah, Charlie was boring. And, I want something exciting now. Yeah, yeah. Like I could. I, I don't know, and I guess this is unfair because I know more than the other Goldens do. Um, but I just know I could see her being like, I want somebody the opposite of Charlie, because you know I'm just tired. Because as we're going to find out next week, Charlie was quite the man. Oh. <laughs> so, but the, the other Goldens don't currently know that. Oh. That is true. We, so. we, uh, he was he was definitely a performer. <laughs> yeah, but it sounds like though that's not the issue. Um, yeah. So, but uh, she even wraps it up saying that uh, she would want. Uh, uh, she talks about this really extravagant trip and how they I think were on the beach or somewhere. Drinking on uh, hot cocoa, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> Nothing yeah. like a nice hot cocoa on the beach. And the girl's like, hot cocoa, Rose, you trollop. <laughs> yeah. I get it, though, like because it's one of those things that she goes through all of this stuff, and then it's like it's the next morning, and they're watching the sunrise on the beach. Uh-huh. And so they want a beverage before they go to bed. Mm. And so I think hot cocoa would be a nice pre-bed beverage. Yeah, I suppose. Um well, it's a very rose beverage. Too, oh yeah, I think. definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. The marshmallows. Yeah, definitely. Oh, they did say marshmallows. Yeah. That's, yeah. And uh, then they kind of go around the table, and Dorothy says, "You know, she'd had a a, a second Mister Wright. She'd want someone sweet, kind of laid back man to uh, grow old with." Because Stan never really wanted that. Right. Uh, Blanche says that she doesn't know what she's looking for. And Sophia points out that she sure does a fair amount of comparison shopping. Yeah, that was, I think, my favorite line of the episode. She even mm-hmm. gives her kind of the elbow. Yeah. <laughs> I like it was one of those good reactions, too, where Blanche just kind of laughs it off. She kind of grins. Right. Uh, Blanche continues that, you know, what she does want isn't exactly Jake, but she's not going to give up hope. And that uh, one day her prince will find her. Very uh, Snow Whiteish. Uh, before kind of making a dramatic-looking exit. Then Dorothy turns to the girls, asking what they thought that meant. And Sophia says that she wasn't really paying attention, but she thinks that she's going to sleep with 
That little black guy prince. <laughs> yeah. You know, let me reverse what I said a moment ago. That was my favorite line of the episode. <laughs> the line before that was certainly Precursor. up there. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, a nice little shout out to Princess My Idol, too. Yeah. You know, if, if he or she is still listening to yeah. to our to our show. So Prince would be a rich man's Michael Jackson, right? Yeah. I mean, Prince just be all in all as far as <laughs> <laughs> that goes. Yeah. I don't think... I don't know. I don't think that that would be the comparison you'd want. <laughs> Either way, um, at least in today's day and age. Well, he so. said that uh, Michael Jackson was the poor man's prince. Well, that's fine, but that's good for Michael. You know, like that'd be a, <laughs> you know, essentially you're saying, hey, you're like Prince. You've got the talent. It's just your poor man's prince because you have this, you know, these oh, I don't terrible think he has the talent. I think he's pretty talented. No, I'm, I'm, I'll admit he probably arguably has more talent than me today he doesn't as far as um no again prince in his prime no like prince was like the larry bird of pop music <laughs> so, <laughs> so he was like the third or fourth best in pop music at the time <laughs> just during his heyday at his very height all right so let's see uh, and by today's standards he'd be in the top 10 but <laughs> not <laughs> okay all right so i guess in order to get you on my side here i'll be like i right, so prince um would be the uh you know the michael jordan okay. uh, bruce springsteen would be the larry bird and then obviously you know in this thing magic johnson is huey lewis and the news <laughs> <laughs> now are, are, is this all them in the 80s or just in their prime yeah um, in that same little window there in the oh, 80s. okay fair yeah. enough <laughs> so. you know that's probably not half that's probably not too far off <laughs> yeah i mean it's a pretty decent comparison so fair enough Okay, moving you. on. <laughs> so we change scenes, and uh, go ahead. Did you have something else? You're smiling. I can tell something's up there. I can't think of the fourth that I need. <laughs> so you're trying to think of a fourth where you'd slide, slot Michael Jackson in at? Yeah, I guess Michael Jackson <laughs> would be the Lynn Bias. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's definitely not fair. <laughs> I don't know who he would be. I mean, because. You would have to pick someone who was troubled, but Lynn Bias, <laughs> you know, in case anybody doesn't know, Lynn Bias died of like heart uh, failure because of cocaine use. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, pretty. He didn't, did he even play? Yeah, game? I think he might have died on the court or something <laughs> like that. He was sad. Yeah, like yeah. he had just been signed, basically, right? Something like that. I mean, just been drafted or, you know, he was, you know, a new guy. Um, yeah, I guess he. I don't know if you'd choose if you had to pick. Do you want to be Lynn Bias who died because of the cocaine use or like Sam Bowie? He was the guy taken right before Michael Jordan in the draft who had all kinds of injuries and never, you know, came close to living up. So, but I don't know. It, it's a, the thing is, is I could have this debate and neither of you two would really be able to continue with me. <laughs> so I think we should just leave it where we left it. I could probably keep up for the first, the first, uh, like if you're doing a top ten, mm-hmm. I think I hang for all top ten. Mm. You get to eleven, I'm lost. <laughs> well, I'd, when it comes to musicians, I'd only be able to do the top four or five. And once Brain <laughs> got to six, I'd be lost. Yeah, when we got to the um, the athlete side of the equation, I'd tap out after top five. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, and Jerry Garcia was Bill Walton. <laughs> <laughs> when did Walton retire? Do you know anywhere uh, close? Yeah, I mean, I think it was in the it was in the '80s for sure, yeah. but. I don't know. Bill Walton had a lot of injury issues, but yeah. was a great player for sure. 
It's a good tall white man. <laughs> yeah. And he's a deadhead. So is he? Yeah. Uh, back to the story. We see the girls are all dressed up at the banquet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy kind of pulls Rose to the side and points out that the <clears throat> all-female jazz band is the actually pretenders. Compri- <laughs> the great pretenders is actually comprised entirely of men. Yeah. Dressed in drag, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but she wasn't polite enough to call them men. <laughs> What'd she call them? I forget. Queens. Well, no, I thought uh, Sophia says that in a second. Oh, okay. I thought they all repeatedly did. Yeah. No, I think it was just Sophia that, that came up with uh, that. Yeah, that was definitely one of the low moments so far on the show as far mm-hmm. as what would be considered reasonable standards by the, you know, yeah. in today's uh, parlance. Yeah, so Rose asks, well, what should we do? And Dorsey says, nothing. They sound great. Yeah. And then that's when Sophia comes over and Im- immediately comments about the queens on the bandstand. Yeah. Uh, Dorothy tries to hush her mother, and then Blanche and her date come over to talk to the girls about uh, how well the banquet seems to be going. Her date, a man named uh, Hunter McCoy, it's a great name, I thought, says he thinks that the food deserves most of the credit, explaining how good it is, adding that uh, Blanche mentioned working very closely with the caterer. And this is another great, Sophia interjects, did she tell you they were naked most of the time? Yeah. That was probably my second line. Uh, Dorothy then slams her uh, hand over her mother's mouth and apologizes for her saying that she was a witness to the Hindenburg disaster Yeah. <laughs> uh, before kind of shooing her away. Uh, the girls ask where Jake is and then see him by the dessert table. Blanche then asks Hunter to go get her a drink and then turns to the girls while he walks away asking uh, them to keep Hunter busy uh, while she goes and gets Jake back. Uh saying that she's made a terrible mistake. Right. Uh, this may actually have something to do with how good he apparently looked in the uh, his tux. Yeah. Because the girls even commented on how nice he looked. Well, and also how much of a dud Hunter seems to be. Right. <laughs> so. Agreed. Uh, but she says, you know, it doesn't matter what, how he dresses or what he eats, that uh, he is the man that she loves. Hunter uh, then returns and asks where, you know, Blanche is going. And Rose kind of lies, saying that, oh, she's going to powder her nose. When he points out that she's going to the dessert table, Rose adds that uh, the powder sticks better with a thin layer of caramel. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was a funny line. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, he gives her like an incredulous look, I thought. Yeah. And I think even Dorothy says, you look skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Blanche is talking to Jake and she tells him, you know, she was wrong and that uh, their differences don't matter. Uh, but he then tells her that, no, you were right. Uh that I am happy, he's happy with himself, and he's comfortable with who he is, and he wants to be with someone who is just as comfortable with who he is, and uh, he doesn't want to live his life nervous that he's uh, not being proper enough for you know her tastes. Yeah, yeah, that's a very um, I don't know a good way to look at things. So. I think so too. A very forward way of uh, <laughs> leading his life. Yeah. Uh, so he adds that you know if their differences did matter before, they would likely matter again sometime. Uh, he gives her kind of a sweet goodbye and kisses her before, you know, walking away. Uh, the girls then come over and ask, you know, what happened? She kind of summarizes what we just talked about and uh, saying that they won't be getting back together and that, you know, she's so confused as to what to do. Uh, just then, a fairly burly member of the band walks over wearing a pink evening gown and says, Honey, you think you're confused? Take a look at our horn section. Yeah, while holding like he had like a trumpet didn't he yeah i think so um i I feel like that that would be based on the way that that gentleman looked um 
it would be really hard to consider him like trans even because he makes no effort outside <laughs> of the dress. It almost would look more like he's trying to make fun uh, than actually part of that community. So fun fact: the musician was Otho from Beetlejuice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, he was also in a show Carnival that Sherry and I loved on HBO. But unfortunately, tell me about that. Yeah, it was cut you short was after good, two right? seasons. Um, he also played a senator in. Marky Mark and the Monkey Bunch. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently he was uh, the mayor mm-hmm. in uh, Nightmare right. Before Christmas. Yeah. yeah. A lot of Tim Burton references. Woohoo. Okay. And so we, we change scenes one last time. Mm-hmm. And we see, you know, the back of the house. Blanche is kind of sitting on the couch feeling very sorry for her loss. Uh, Dorothy comes in and asks if she's not even going to try and sleep. Uh, Blanche explains that, you know, she's just realizing that, you know, she's not 16 anymore. And there are no line of men asking her dad if they can take her to town. And that uh, she's stupidly thrown away the best thing that's happened to her since George. Dorothy you know, cor- corrects her, kind of sternly saying you know, that she's pretty, vibrant, and exciting. And that men do still line up for her. She reminds her that you know, she's not lonely and she knows it. You know, saying something like her dance card will be filled till the day she dies. Mm-hmm. You know, Blanche smiles. She thanks Dorothy and hugs her. And then, you know, she goes to bed and then Dorothy kind of turns to herself and says, damn, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a nice button at the end. Yeah. You know, calling back to. to line from before. Yeah. So we had quite a few uh, uh, guest stars in that episode. Uh, obviously, number one, Donnelly Rhodes. He was the one who played Jake. Um, he had 163 credits. His name, not a ton of stuff that was big. I don't think in the U.S. Um, I think he must have done a lot because he was from Canada. So I'm guessing that a lot of his stuff was maybe big in you know, Canadian. I think he did uh, um, soap operas too, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, Danger Bay, he did 122 episodes of that as a Dr. Grant Roberts. And The Da Vinci's Inquest did 91 episodes of that as detent- Detective Leo Shannon. Neither of those shows have I ever heard of them, but obviously <laughs> they were on for, you know, a good stint of time. Um, then we had a. Uh, Go ahead. As far as Donnelly Rhodes yeah. goes, um, he was on a um, a Morrissey album cover. Oh, really? Um, so he joined like a exclusive group or whatever. Uh, but he was on the Lover to Be uh, seven inch forty five RPM that they did for Record Store Day in twenty nineteen. Oh, very nice. So um, normally, like Morrissey, um, it, that was just part of his shtick, you know, having handsome men on his album covers. Um, generally, they were topless or in like white t shirts and oh, kind of okay. sweaty. But you know. This guy got to wear a full suit and tie and everything oh, okay. like that. So, Oh, very nice. So that is a little extra piece of fame for him. Um, then we had uh, Mr. Hinckley was played by uh, Vince Tranquina. He had 14 credits to his name, nothing of real interest. Um, then we had Mike Muscat, who was the waiter. And he has 77 credits to his name, and he's been in, like, uh, Terminator 2 and Last Action Hero. Two Schwarzeneggers. Uh, yeah, uh, he was in 29 episodes of The Young and the Restless. But looking at his IMDb, he must really have someone who either himself or agent or whatever that puts every little thing on there. Because, <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of things where it was waiter, guy next door, you know, <laughs> like just these really vague <laughs> yeah, things that probably didn't even appear in the actual credits of the show, but mm-hmm. just got added on to IMDb. And then as mentioned, uh, Glenn Shaddix. He was the musician, you know, from all the other things we'd already mentioned, Beetlejuice and Carnival and Nightmare Before Christmas and whatnot. Sorry if we ruined that for you. Oh, no, no, you're fine. <laughs> and then uh, Howard Witt um, played Hunter. 
He had 45 credits to his name. Apparently, his most famous credits are as Mr. Boogity and uh, Mr. Boogity and the Bride of Mr. Boogity, mm-hmm. which are part of the Magical World of Disney TV series. Yeah. I feel like I've seen those at some point, but they're um. So Mr. Boogity's on my Disney Plus queue. Oh, really? <laughs> Something to watch. Now, is that something you think you've seen in the past, or did you add it on to it after this episode? Um, I've not seen it in the past, but I added it onto my episode yet a year ago, like shortly after we got Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, AV Club, they were, I don't know if they still do it, but they had this, or maybe it was Slash Film, some website that I frequent every once in a while have this series about just weird shit um, in the Disney vaults that's available on Disney Plus. Hmm. And that was one of the titles that they spotlighted real early, like maybe even like the first or second you know, yeah, I might have to check it out at some point. I feel like I said I really feel like I saw it at some point yeah. in my youth. But um, Mr. Yeah. Boogity, you said? Yeah, mm-hmm. and actually, that's his picture on IMDb. Is yeah. <laughs> Mr. Boogity? Yeah, it's like a poor man Sammy Terry. Is what yeah. it looks okay, like. Okay, so yeah. it's. I was gonna say Boogity. Is it like scary, or if it was boogie woogie like dance thing or something? Yeah, I think it's the midpoint between um, Nightmare on um, Nightmare Before Christmas and Halloween Town. Okay, gotcha. I feel like there's a phrase which maybe it's from this, maybe it's not, but of like boogity, 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 boo. And I think that's what it's from um, mm-hmm. because I just, I know that phrase from my childhood, but it, you know, granted, it could be from something entirely different that mm-hmm. just shares the same, yeah. you know, same name. I've but. definitely heard that phrase, but I don't have any idea what's from either. Yeah. Now I feel like I need to watch the show sometime soon just to confirm <laughs> <laughs> if that is accurate or not. But. Yeah. Anyways, but that's all of our guest stars, quite a few in this one, but really it all just comes down to, uh, you know, Donnelly, you know, Jake, he's the only really significant guest, you know, role in this one. Yeah. But so anyway, Ski, who, uh, I think we've all mentioned our favorite line. So who was your MVP for this one? I almost picked Jake because I thought he did a really good job, but I think I went with Sophia because she had what I consider the lion chair of the good lines. Yeah. I didn't feel like anybody. funny zingers. Yeah. I didn't feel like anybody else had a particularly you know, good amount of good zingers. Man, I liked Dorothy's thing early on in the episode about the Mars bars. Yeah, that was um, funny. There, there were a handful here and there, but yeah, I think Sophia, no one stood out that much in any other way, and I think Sophia was... I think she often does have the most funny lines, unless they're just not going to have her in the episode much. Right, yeah, I agree. I mean, she's just kind of there for her zingers, more or less, mm-hmm. and, and she but delivered this episode. I thought they stood episode. out this one, yeah. How about you, Brent? I'm going with Jake. Jake. Um, I think it's partly just because of his performance, partly because I like the character, and then partly just because my New Year's resolution was to be more generous with my recognition and not just always give it to one of the Goldens. Ah. So I'm going to branch out and give it to you know the guest star oh, supporting very, actor. Very nice. I certainly hope that your uh, desire to be more generous with your recognition isn't only in your reviews <laughs> of a 30-year-old TV show. <laughs> Uh, not that I need any recognition from you at all, but I'm sure there are other people in your life who would appreciate it. So yeah, I'll look them in the eye when they've earned it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, maybe 2022. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I give you plenty of recognition, don't I? Oh, certainly, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, you, you definitely don't make me feel um, unseen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so This is when you turn to him, look him in his eye and say, I see you, Alan. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> Look at me. It's not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've always thought of you as being the Robin Williams to my Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, 
So, Brent, how many uh, slices of cheesecake did this one earn for you? Um, four and a half. Four and a half. That's a reasonable number. How about you, Ski? I went five. Five. Well, I'm surprised because I was really thinking, like, oh, Ski's going to tank this one mm-hmm. because it really paints Blanche in a terrible light. Through, well, you know, I wrote some little notes. I said it was good but not spectacular, and I thought Blanche was overly elitist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Blanche, I feel like this is – Got to be in her top two or three worst episodes. Not mm-hmm. as, you know, Rue McClanahan, but just as far as the yeah. light that Blanche is painted in throughout it. Yeah. Because um, not only does she swoop in right at the beginning on this guy, but then you know, the fact that she has someone who she's in a committed relationship, you know, or in a, a good relationship. Treats him very poorly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's especially to what you say, you know what, I will at least see this relationship through the fucking banquet that he's mm-hmm. catering. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, yeah, that's how she met him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And you could say, okay, well, we'll just get through that. And, yeah, maybe he might do something that's uh, slightly embarrassing to me mm-hmm. in this, you know, social setting. But, you know, she already knows he's handsome. And then many, mm-hmm. you know, any of the women there would just, you know. She could have also work. opted to go with no one right. knowing that he was working it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, but uh, that's not Blanche's style to go with no one. <laughs> uh, but that said, uh, I don't know, for me, there wasn't a ton of comedy that, you know, I felt like really hit home. Um and I, I don't know, like it, it didn't resonate with me with how vapid Blanche was made to look. So I only gave it three and a half. Um, I thought it was all right. I thought it was not a bad episode, but um, not a standout. Yeah, I thought it was a little below average just because of uh, how poorly Blanche came off in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So anyway, I hope uh, that you've all enjoyed our uh, first episode of 2021, and mm-hmm. you know, looking forward to a, another year chock full of Golden Girls. Uh, and now I kind of want to watch Golden Girl. Oh, Golden Girl. Yeah, yeah. It kind of feels like maybe we need to see what what I that's st- about. I still feel I really should uh, watch Sophie or Sophie's Choice, <laughs> yeah. seeing as that was <laughs> yeah the inspiration for her name. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyways, yeah, we'll see. There's plenty of uh, plenty of days left in 2021 and, to get those. And we have to watch Popeye. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, December 1st is when my copy's arriving. Got a little notification from the Amazon earlier. Very still cool. On Target. Very nice. <laughs> So, do you guys have, uh, I guess, you know, in all honesty, we're, uh, yeah, as we always mention, several weeks in the past, but <laughs> do you have uh, resolutions in mind for the coming year, or for this new year now? Um, I don't know, just this Other standard. than giving me recognition? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'm going <clears> to, <throat> you know, reallocate the affections that I can give and give you a little bit more and the kids a little less. Yeah. And <laughs> they're getting older and they're getting older in a way they need less. I'm getting older in a way where I need more. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so. my, my affections are a zero sum game. Right. So <laughs> of those things. I like to think that you're that for you, love is a finite um, <laughs> exactly. commodity. Exactly. So. It's, it's a resource. Yeah, it's a it precious resource. It if you try to thin it out like exactly. inflation. Exactly. <laughs> so, so the value of your love if you love more people they are just loved less right exactly <laughs> exactly yeah. it's like yeah well, he loves everybody so it's not that important exactly everything comes down to quantity and quality right yeah <laughs> so yeah um and i mean and all honesty though it's i think that makes the most sense to live your life that way yeah because then your love becomes just another resource and so, like any other resource, you know, its value is derived from its scarcity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so basically, you're hoping that 
as you get closer to the end of your life, there'll be one person that gets all of your limited, very you know, oh. small amount of love, and they really value it, but everybody else is like, yeah, he's a piece of shit. Exactly, yeah. If I, <laughs> through some miracle of science, <laughs> I end up being the last man standing within my little circle, mm-hmm. whomever makes it almost to the end with me, <laughs> they're going to end up with all of my affections. So, um, I mean... It, could be you know one of the kids it could be you know my wife it could possibly be you know one of you too uh could be one of our listeners i don't know <laughs> it's me flying solo podcasting to new me <laughs> i think at that point you could just make a phone call <laughs> hey you want to talk more golden girls or at that point whatever we've moved on to it's like no, this is really awkward i mean i enjoyed your podcast and all <laughs> like but you're the last one. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's just me sitting by myself imagining a recap yeah. and then just interjecting random stuff. <laughs> just, you know, just 12 minutes of silence and me, oh, Prince, <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> That'll be how you spend your days in the home. <laughs> your family ships you off to because you didn't give them enough love. Exactly. <laughs> During the years. To... Like, like, Do you think... I'm not going to end up in a nursing home. Um, I'm just not that kind of guy. But I mean, like, do do you think you guys are going to shady pines, Brent? (laughs) Well, I like like it's one of those things that, like, if I did again through some fluke or something, I found myself in a nursing home or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think it's like it's like when you move and you end up at a new high school. It's like I'm going to reinvent myself. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what I'll do when I get to the home. They'll be like, (laughs) so what'd you do before you retired? It's like podcaster <laughs> like you made your living that way i made i live that way exactly. <laughs> so, yeah i don't know i guess i would envision that i'll I, i've said before i've made the comment that i felt like if i ever got to the point where i was a uh, especially if i was losing mental capacity <laughs> that i would you know want to check out early yeah um but, you know, even though that is something that I do genuinely feel, uh, I don't know that I'll have that opportunity if I get to that point. Mm-hmm. So yeah. odds are, you know, that's probably where I'll end up, you know, mm-hmm. down the road. Yeah. But, uh, you know, hopefully I'll have enough resources that I can have an in-home nurse or something mm-hmm. like that. So it'll <laughs> take care of me. Yeah. But, you know, who knows? It's a long and winding road to that point. Yeah. So. I am. Um well, I'll, I'll let Ski talk first, and then I'll come back to me because he hasn't. Well, I, don't... Well, I just didn't know. Did you have any uh, any resolutions that you've thought about that you'd like to pursue in 2021? I don't know. I think I'm always trying to improve my uh, time management skills. <laughs> <laughs> and over time, you know, small improvements here or there. Yeah. Sometimes smaller than I'd like. <laughs> yeah, for me, you know, I uh, did you have more that you wanted to add to that? I've. I don't know. I can't think of anything offhand other than just, you know, give you guys more recognition. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely, one of my main, re- my, one of my main resolutions is to receive more recognition. So hopefully all of these can have hey. a synergy together. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, it's, I always want to be more active, you know, I definitely, especially working from home. I was thinking about that recently that even just, you know, kind of the basic things that, you know, like walking into work yeah. and whatnot, you know, just small things like that are, uh, I have not done anything to make up for those lacks. Yeah. Um, 
So I definitely have that as a big goal. I mean, it's not really. I would, I would agree that's probably on my list. I don't know that would be something that was connected to the new year because mm-hmm. that's just kind of always something I want to oh, do. Oh, well, certainly. Myself, but, but, you know, in the, in the beginning of the year, you always have the opportunity to say, okay, well, you know, here's this time thing marked by our system of time. Right. So, you know, may as well try to, to do the best there. I, I'm hoping to be less interested in politics. Um, <laughs> And uh, dear Lord, please. Yeah, yeah God, God willing. And I uh, hope it's less interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I hope it's boring again. That's what I want. Boring, boring politics again. And um, and I definitely always hope for you know a little more patience. I think I generally do an all right job with that. But uh, here and there, you know, I, you mean I, for your uh, doctoral practice? <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> patience. My patience. Yes, um, I want more of them <laughs> because I don't have enough right now. Uh, but yeah. No. No, nothing, uh, nothing super specific, uh, but you know. Granted, I'm thinking of this on the fly as as I put both of you on the spot too here. <laughs> seven weeks before we actually, it's <laughs> <laughs> like you know, being more active or whatever. Um, I ended up getting slightly higher, but um, so I was talking to coworkers last night. Um, There's about it was a little before seven ish um, p.m. and I forget something happened, and I was like. I need to go to the other room or whatever. And I'd made a joke. It doesn't matter. Long story short, at the time, um, I was like, yep, and I've taken, oh, wow, 639 steps today. Because um, I had just been stuck at that stupid desk all day. Right. And we were joking about that. But I checked, and yesterday I ended up with um, 1,646 steps. Oh, well, that's, that's a significant quite a jump, yeah. <laughs> so, it's not, not, not a it's not full the 10, day of steps, but <laughs> yeah. you know, at least here, you know. So What do they say? Like, Is it? Five or ten thousand is good. Ten thousand, yeah. My biggest day last week, I hit four thousand steps on Monday. Um, but I think I had to go to the store that day. (laughs) So yeah, that's I go to the store once a week. You know, we we still obviously everything's going to shit when it comes to the virus right now, and so we've just continued. This is, and it's probably ill advised, but this is essentially outside of going to the store. This is the only outside interaction I typically have in a week is seeing you guys. Probably that one day a week I go to the store. Yeah, <laughs> probably definitely bumps up. <laughs> that, that probably is half my step for the week. Yeah, if yeah, not same. more. So, anyways, so yeah, so hopefully uh, 2021 is awesome for everyone, and hopefully, you know, I think we're a few days into it, and hopefully it's off to a good start at least. So, well, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.